Welcome back to Bible Conversations. Today we're going to be continuing our series on Now That You're a Christian, and we're going to be talking about living faithfully. All right, well, welcome back. We are uh, excited to be here. Uh, it's just Dylan and I today, no special guest, but um, and we're excited to get back to the series and... Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good series. Yeah, and uh, you know, today we're talking about living faithfully, and that is something that I feel like we we talk about, but not directly or intentionally, if that makes sense. Like we we actively tell people, you know, you need to be living right, you need to be not sinning, you need to be staying away from this, but it's not in the frame of like what we read about in the New Testament. I think, honestly, everything that we talk about um, through Bible classes or Bible studies all are under the umbrella of living faithfully. And Well, and that's kind of what I mean, right? We talk about it, and it is very much a part of our discussions and our sermons and our classes and everything. But I don't know how often we actively hone in on the idea of what it is to live faithfully. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense Um, as far as like – specifics yes you know? the specifics of it and you know we'll, we'll t- and again like we touch on it here we touch on it there right like i this this last uh last wednesday night i did a lesson on david and and talking about him being faithful to god that's him mm-hmm. living faithfully right yeah and he has faith there and he trusts in god and you know he you know he made a mistake with with bathsheba right and that affected him for really the rest of his life, right? And then he continued to live faithfully after that mistake was made, after he repented, right? Mm-hmm. He still had consequences, but then he went back to living faithfully. Yeah. And so I think we touch on it a lot, but I don't think we really dig into what it means and and really the importance that's placed on it in the New Testament. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I think just like what, what I mentioned, you know, it's in every Bible study, it's in every Bible class, it's in every sermon, the idea of living faithfully and, and that concept, um, is the same thing throughout the entire new Testament. Yep. It's the, the concept of, um, living a life that is faithful to Christ, um, is the consistent theme. Um, one of them, yes. at least. It's a and it's a large one. I mean, you look at Paul's letters, right? Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, right? Both the first and the second, yeah, excluding the one that we don't have. But the first and the second letter that we do have, right, mm-hmm. is very much about getting their life right and living faithfully, right? Galatians, there's a false teacher that's going around teaching stuff, right? Yeah, uh, you know, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, all of them are also about living their life right, not being swayed by any doctrine, right? But but truly living their life according to Christ and, and understanding what that means. And most of our New Testament epistles are about that. Yeah. it's um, Paul didn't write letters to people who weren't Christians trying to convince them to be Christians. He wrote the letters to people who were already Christians, to the churches that were already established in mm-hmm. order to encourage them, in order to guide them. Um, and so, yeah, that's the summarization of the majority of the New Testament is now that you're a Christian, this is what you do. Yeah, I mean, there's households for Christian or rules for Christian living, right? And rules yeah. for Christian households, and you know, for husband and wife, and for yeah. fathers and sons and daughters and mothers, and all sorts of stuff. And yeah. um, but I think what I want to focus in on just a little bit is what we find in Romans, in particular Romans chapter six. All right, I think this chapter, at least in my mind, really is such a powerful chapter. Uh, with regards to 
Or really that, all of Romans is. All of Romans is, right? <laughs> but now that we've become Christians, right? Now that we are a part of the body of Christ, well, what does that mean, right? And so Paul, and, and you know, we're not going to read all of it. I, th- I think I think I would highly encourage you, if you are listening to this, to read all of Romans 6, read all of Romans, do a, a deep study on it. But what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We have been baptized into Christ, right? We have been raised from the dead, right? Our old self is done. We're walking in newness of life. And Paul here is saying, well, shall we continue to sin so that his grace may abound, right? That we can show God's grace even more and more. And, and the, the picture that's painted there, right, is, well, if, if you, if you'd stop sinning, then the idea there is that grace is done because it's already done its job. But grace abounding, right, is, well, we're continuing to sin and we're continuing to get that grace and that just shows how good God is. And that's not at all the case. Yeah. He says by no means or is, I like to, uh, also translated, of course not. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, like, what, what are you thinking, right? Yeah. And then the question becomes for us, right? How much grace are we expecting from God? How much grace are we asking for from God? If we've already been cleansed of all of our sins, what more are we asking for? And that just kind of reminds me of the Pharisees seeking a sign, right? Hmm. And, and you know, well, you, you ask for a sign. Jesus has already performed miracle after he fed 5,000 people with yeah. a couple loaves of bread, right? Yeah. There have been signs. It's, it's very evident. And here, Paul's asking them, are you going to continue in sin because you think that grace is just going to abound? Yeah. God has already given all of his grace. Well, not all of his grace. He's given everything you need. Um, well. There's, there's always – so th- there's always more grace, which I think sometimes we can uh, not necessarily give the right example of for for folks who are thinking like, he does not have enough grace for me. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's used all of it up and I just, I can't, well, I can't get things I... right. But God's always got more grace. But what yeah. Paul's trying to get across here is that, you know, if you genuinely love God, yeah. then you're not going to continue to, to do things that separate you from yeah. him. Well, and so what I mean by all of his grace, right, is he sent his son, he sent Jesus to die on the cross. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that is sufficient for us. Yeah. Right. No matter what we do, no matter. More than sufficient. Yeah. No matter what we do, no matter where we go, no matter what we've done, that is sufficient to cover us. Right. Yeah. And it is that grace that he has given to every single person that has ever lived from the Mm -hmm. beginning of time until the end of time. Yeah. And that is more what I mean by all of his grace. It's all of the grace that he needs to give. Right. He does not need to give any more. Right. Um, and, and I think when we actively choose to sin and we actively choose to uh, not pay attention to God's commands, to disregard what God has wanted us to do, we're actively telling God, well, I'll repent in a little bit. I know you'll give me more grace, so it's not a big deal. But it is a big deal. Yeah. Well, I think that shows a, um, a love for the world, um, you know. I've heard it said when when you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, as we're 
commanded, you know, that's the, the first and greatest commandment. Love yeah. the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. When you really think about that, <clears throat> you don't, and if you really do that, you don't have any love left for things of this world. Yeah. If if you are giving God your all, if you are, are loving him with everything that you've got, then you don't have any love left for the world. And so yeah. when people say, well, I it's okay that I sin because I know God has more grace. It's like yeah. you are not giving him all of all of yourself if you well, are just asking for more. It's it's like the folks that that take advantage of kindness, yeah. you know? Well, and you're giving yourself permission to sin too, right? Yeah. Something that I learned a long long time ago from my uncle, right, is uh, if somebody is is upsetting you, right, and they're they're no longer there, like let's say let's say Dylan, you've done something to upset me, mm-hmm. and we're not side by side, we're not in the same room, we're not in the same house, we're not anywhere, right? Yeah. But I'm still upset by what you've done. Well, I'm just allowing you to live in my head rent free. I'm yeah. giving you permission to make me upset, basically, right? Yeah. And when we do that, it's 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 an internal thing, right? Yeah. And so when we go and play sports, right, and we realize, well, it's we're probably not going to win anyway. We're giving ourselves permission to give up, yep. right? In the same way, we give ourselves permission to sin. Well, God's grace is going to cover me, so it's it's okay. I'll just I'll mess up this once. You know, it's not a big deal. Well, again, it is a big deal because it's the heart of the matter. Yeah, it's the the desire. It's the it's what you are motivated by, yep. right? And this kind of goes to your point of you motivated by the world, or you motivated by God. Exactly, um, and and that's not to say that that. People don't mess up. I mean, it seems like every day I'm like, man, why did I do that? Like, why did I uh, either say this thing or treat this person this way or or Think fill in the blank? <clears throat> yeah. And and it's just like, man, why did I do that? Now, does God have grace to cover that? Absolutely. Yeah. But should I say, should I approach the day thinking, I know that God has grace and so it's okay? Yeah. That's where Paul's like, of course not. Yes. Where's your love for God yeah. if you're thinking it's okay that I don't follow his command? Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we need to approach the day as a how can I glorify God, not what can I do that God can forgive. Exactly. Well, and that's what it means to live faithfully yes. is is how can I glorify God? And so I kind of wanted to, uh, to take you with that mindset to Colossians. Let's do it. Um, there's two different verses I want to look at in Colossians, both of them in chapter 3. I was going to ask if it was chapter 3. Yes. Um, one of them at the beginning of chapter three and one of them towards the end of chapter three. But um, in Colossians, once I get flipped over there, didn't use my bookmark beforehand. Okay, there we go. Colossians chapter three, starting in verse one, it says, um, if then you've been raised with Christ. Now I'm going to pause there. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. It's a, you know, uh, now that you're a Christian uh, study that we're doing here. Um, and so if then you've been raised with Christ, you've become a new Christian. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Mm-hmm. So you've just been raised with Christ. Here is what you do. You know, it's like I, I'm a Christian now what type of, of question. Yeah. Seek the things that are above. In other words, just set your, set your mind on heaven. That's where your, your focus needs to be. That's where your mind needs to be. That's where all of your thoughts are centered around heaven. And that's where Christ is. He is ascended back to heaven. He is, he is there seated at the right hand of the Father. And if your mind is there, then your mind won't be other places. Yeah. Um, but he continues on. In verse 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. 
And that's the, the kicker right there. It's a, you get to choose. You yeah. cannot think about God and about things of this world and, and sin and ways that you can get away with that sin at the same time. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Yep. Um, and so if you are, consciously focusing on your love for God, on the decision that you just made about being raised with Christ. Or the decision you made 30 years ago. Or the decision you made 30 years ago. Yeah. Whether, yeah, I mean, I'm speaking to like a now that you're a Christian type of audience, but yeah, it applies to everyone. It applies, you know, how, no matter how young or old you are in your walk with Christ. Um, It's, if you're focusing on Christ, if you're focusing on heaven, then you will not be focusing on the world or or sin in the world. Well, and I think, you know, this idea of living faithfully, right? And, and, and this is definitely a series of, for new Christians, right? And for those who have just been baptized. But this particular topic is very much something that is going to, let me rephrase that, it's a topic that should impact mm-hmm. you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If you allow it to. If you choose every single morning to wake up and say, today I'm going to glorify God, right? Not today I'm going to do something I want to do, right? But rather, today I'm going to glorify God. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we don't get to do the things that we want to do, right? We can definitely do things that we want to do. But as we do those things, we need to glorify God. Well, and that's where I wanted to take you to the end of Colossians chapter 3. Well, look at me go. Um, And so in verse... um, Well, verse 17 is where I really want to focus, but I think I'm going to give you all a little bit of context here, starting in verse 12. So Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive one another. Above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So before I read verse 17, the part that I really want to focus on, Paul has really kind of given us a, you want to know how to live faithfully? Here's what you do. (laughs) <laughs> he's yeah. he's gone through some of the fruit of the spirit, uh, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, um, telling us to bear with one another, to forgive one another, uh, to love one another, um, uh, to be in one body, you know, have that unity, mm-hmm. um, be let the word of Christ dwell in us, you know, be in the word, yeah. um, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs together. Um, so all, all of these things, it's like, this is how you live faithfully. But then he says in verse 17, to summarize it all, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Mm-hmm. That's a <clears throat> whatever you do, yeah. whether you're at work or whether you're at school, or, you know, whether you're, you're with your family, whether you're, um, you know, with your sports teams, whatever you're it grocery may be. shopping. If you're grocery shopping, whatever you do in word or deed. So in other words, what you say and the things that you, and your actions, yeah. everything needs to be done 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. And what I found really interesting as I was studying for this is some translations even uh, translate it to say um, as a representative of the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. not just doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I mean, that's really what that means, but but it kind of puts it in a different light that I am representing Christ. I am a, mm-hmm. a representative. If there were folks that have been elected to be representatives of the state of Texas and they go to Washington, D.C. as a representative of the state of Texas, and they do not represent the state of Texas, they're voted out, man. Yep. They're they're gone. Yeah. And we're called to be representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that's in the power of and the name of and all of mm-hmm. these things, right? That's – we have been given a great responsibility. Yeah. By being, by choosing to become baptized into Christ, right? By choosing to accept God's grace, having risen up in a newness of life, we now are living no longer for ourselves, right? Uh, you'll have to remind me where it is, but it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, right? Yep. I want to say that's Philippians, but, uh, uh Galatians, Galatians chapter 2, 20, I think. I thought it was one of the twos. I thought it was a chapter two, but I wasn't sure what book of I'm those I'm looking four. it up right now while you're talking. Um, Anyway, right? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I've been, yeah, Galatians two twenty. I've been yeah. crucified with Christ. It's mm-hmm. no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And yeah. the life that I now live in yeah. the flesh, mm-hmm. this life that I am currently physically living, yeah. I live by faith in the Son of God, mm-hmm. who loved me and gave Himself for me. Yes. So the idea there, right, that it's no longer us who's living. Yeah. Right. We are living for something else. We are living yeah. for someone else. We are living. And we recognize that we're living in the, the flesh. We yes. are living a physical life right now. We still have bodies. Yeah. Right. We still have needs. We still have to eat. Yeah. Right? We still have to sleep. But I do not live this life to the glory of Dylan Bruce. Exactly. I live this life to the glory of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I kind of want to, unless you've got something else uh, afterwards, but I kind of want to mm-hmm. close up with, with, Paul's letter to the Philippians okay. in chapter 3. Well, I was going to go there too. Cool. And so once you go to 3, I'll, I've got another chapter that I want to look at. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Um, so in chapter 3, starting in verse 1, right, Paul says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble for me and is safe for you, right? So the things that he's already written, things that he's going to write, seems like he has written to them already. He has mm-hmm. talked to them already, right? It's not a big deal. Verse 2, look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh, right? This is talking about the circumcision, right? There's a big dispute between the Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians about the necessity of circumcision. Mm -hmm. Paul is saying circumcision is necessary, but it is not the circumcision of the flesh. Yeah. It's the circumcision of the heart. Yeah. And he says, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, right? Again, Mm -hmm. exactly what we've been talking about, right? Yeah. Paul talks about in Galatians. It is not about... The flesh. Yes, we live in the flesh. Yes, we are fleshly people. No, we do not glory or put confidence in the flesh. And this is where I want to focus in because Paul says after this, I have confidence in my flesh. If anybody does, I do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hearken this to, you know, Michael Jordan as an NBA player. If anybody mm-hmm. has confidence in the flesh as a basketball player, yeah. it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Right? I mean, he is the GOAT, right? Then you look at football. There's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You look at any variety of different sport or different, um, I mean, Mozart, right? Or Beethoven or, um, you know, Picasso or whoever, right? There's a lot of things that people can put their their stock in, yes. in physical things. Exactly. And 
Like, you know, we, like if that makes you somebody, yes. then there's a lot of people who can say, this is what makes me somebody. Yes. Well, and we have, uh, you know, we've got a lot of people today who are in government, right? And they are, they've got a high ranking office in government. So that's how they are defined, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I'm not recommending this, but one of, Dylan, one of our favorite shows is The Office. Yeah. And um, Angela is at one point married to a state senator. Yeah. And any time, any time during those couple of seasons or whatever that she brings up her husband, well, the state senator, the senator, right? Yeah, she always says the senator. The senator, senator and, and everybody, everybody else corrects like her. State senator. State senator, right? <laughs> yeah. But the idea there that there's confidence in the flesh there. There's confidence yeah. in who he is and what he has accomplished. Yeah. And Paul here says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Yeah. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, which that, in my understanding, is the tribe of Benjamin was was one of the part of the southern kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. So they were faithful to God longer and have just been a faithful tribe to God for the majority of their existence. Yeah, I think it also goes along with being the youngest of all the tribes and one of the smallest. It's kind of like, yeah. by the way, I'm more humble than y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my tribe is smaller. My, yes. my clan is, is lesser. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like a almost boasting about being humble. Like a humble brag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then he goes on. Well, and, and, and the other Saul, Saul from the Old Testament, yes. sorry to interrupt you was, again. Was but, from the tribe of Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, he was from Benjamin. He's like, who am I that I would be king of Israel? Yep. Uh, I'm I'm literally the least of everybody. Yeah. I'm Which from I, the smallest tribe, the smallest clan within that tribe, yeah. and my father's house is not great in this clan. Yeah. <laughs> I do find it interesting. We actually talked about Saul in the middle school class two weeks ago. Yeah. And you look at both of the Sauls, right? You've got the first Saul who starts out faithful to God and ends up being unfaithful to God. And then mm-hmm. you have the Saul of the New Testament who started out unfaithful to God and yeah. became faithful to God. Became right? Paul, yeah. Um, so a, a very interesting uh, dichotomy there. But he goes but on to anyways, say... that's what I think he means by like, yeah. hey, I'm a Benjamite. Yeah. He goes on and he says, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, which was the, the most strict, uh, they were the most strict observers of the law. Mm-hmm. As to zeal... A persecutor of the church, right? The word zeal there has been... That's how passionate uh, he is. It's a passion, right? Yeah. And, and there's... I've uh, been reading... I read a book, Paul, a biography by N.T. Wright recently that talked about zeal as um, really the desire to do anything at all in order to accomplish God's will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phinehas was described as zealful and he murdered people, Yeah. right? Uh, well, it's like what uh, Dave Dunham was preaching about this mm-hmm. past Sunday night at Keller. Yeah. Um, Dave is one of our former elders. Uh, he's uh, still a member here with us. Um, but he was preaching on Sunday night and um, talking about Paul and saying that, you know, he didn't persecute the church because he was necessarily evil yeah. inherently. He persecuted the church because he loved God so much. Yes. And he thought that the church was wrong. And and that was his level of of love and passion and, and zeal for God. Yes. And so as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, right? The highest level you can be zeal-wise, right? Yeah. As to righteousness under the law, and this always gets me because there's no way on God's green earth that I'm ever going to say that I'm blameless. Yeah. But Paul says here, righteousness under the law, blameless. Yeah. Well, and I think um, it's in a little bit different context looking at the old law versus the new law. Um, yes. In the old law, it's like 613 laws. Boom. I can keep those. And well, the and, new law under Christ, yeah. Jesus is like, okay, 
you may not have committed adultery. You were blameless in that regard. But did you lust after that woman? Yeah. Knock it off. I'm raising the bar. I'm, Knock it off. Yeah. I, I want you to do better. And so um, there is definitely. And, a, and I know people go there. back and forth yeah. on this, but I'm kind of, a, of the opinion that I'm like, I almost think it'd be easier to follow 613 laws. Well, not all of them um, apply to everybody either. Exactly. If you yeah. were a farmer, you had certain ones that applied to you. If you were. Yeah. You know, whatever you – so in, in some regards, I agree with you. In other regards, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I think it would be more difficult, right? I mean, we could only wear one article of clothing. We couldn't eat bacon. So, I mean – Pretty difficult. That's pretty rough, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, right? He's, he's blameless under this law. But then he goes on, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Everything that he's just mentioned, everything that he he can boast in the flesh, that's all loss. Yeah. And then he moves forward. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Indeed, I count everything as loss. Everything. Right? Everything is lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So everything that he has in his life, you can put it all into a pile. All of that, that massive pile that he's got is not even close to being worthy of Christ. Just a bunch of rubbish. It's just a bunch of rubbish. And that's exactly what he calls it, right? He says, moves forward a little bit, right? And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, which I also find that really powerful. Paul wants to share in the sufferings of Christ, becoming he, like he, him in his death. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was saying at the beginning. It's all about love. Yeah. And it's like, man, whatever it takes to get close to Christ, Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, like, I'm going to do it. I just want to be close to Christ. Yes. It, if that requires to persecution or sufferings, you name it, I want to be close to Christ. And yeah. and to be honest, I don't know if we have that same kind of desire yeah. in um in the church here in the 21st century. Yeah. Um I was actually having a conversation with folks in Bible class last night. Um I had asked the question, um you know, we were looking at uh, examples and acts of what the first century church looked like and um and I was like, what are some ways y'all would describe it? And they said they did everything together. Um they they literally did life together mm-hmm. um and community. and so yeah like, like yeah they were a family and so i said well you know do we have that today in your opinion do we not um like if not where are we falling short and one of the older guys commented and he said you know i think the big difference between the first century church and today is in the first century they 100 percent expected christ to come back in their lifetime like that they they just uh, seeing him be resurrected, ascending back to heaven. These are all people that just years uh, after his ascension have all become Christians during that time. And they are 100% just counting their life as rubbish because they're sold out on Christ, that he's everything to them. And they're 100% expecting him to come back within their lifetime. Well, we don't know when Christ is going to come back, but I think today... If you asked Christians, yeah, they would say, of course, he's going to come back at any time. But by our actions, we don't live that way. No. By our actions, we are not saying, I expect Jesus Christ to come back right now. Yeah. And it's pretty evident. Yeah. Well, and, and Paul finishes all that up, right? 
by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what you're talking about, right? Yeah. We need to have, and, and this kind of goes into the whole discussion of living faithfully, right? Yeah. Paul was so ready to live faithfully that he gave up everything that he had in order to serve the Christ. We aren't willing to give up a Sunday morning baseball game. Yeah. We're not willing to miss X, Y, or Z to go to worship and fellowship with others. We're not willing to give up our Netflix show because it's just too nice to watch. We're not willing to give up whatever it is that we're not willing to give up. Well, Man, you're doing a really good job of segues today because that segues into my last my last one. Can Philippians say, Philippians chapter one. Not that I have confidence in the verses flesh or anything, but twenty through twenty four. <laughs> um, um, where is it? Okay, verses. Sorry, nineteen through twenty four. I don't know why I wrote twenty. Um, <laughs> yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be not, not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death for to me, from to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful, fruitful labor for me. Yet when I shall choose, I cannot tell. Yet which shall I choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. You're talking about how we don't give up small things for Christ? Yeah. How about giving up your life for Christ? Yeah. I think that's what it really means to live faithfully. Greater love has no one than this, that... A man should lay down his life for his brother. Christ laid down his life for us. How many of us will stand up and say, everything in my life is rubbish because of, in comparison to Christ, because yeah. of my love for Christ? Well, and you know, I, I think, so I think there are a lot of people that would die for a cause, mm-hmm. right? Throughout the course of history, there have been a lot of people that have died for a cause. Yeah. A lot of people have died for Christ. Yeah. But, man, I don't know how many people today are living for Christ. Yeah. No, right? that's totally true. And that's a, there's a different distinction there. I think so. And I think um, before you can stand up and say, I will, I'll, I'll die for you, Christ. You've got to prove it by living for him. Yeah. And we see that with, uh, with honestly, Peter. Yeah. Um, he's like, you, you kidding me? I, I'll die for you. Yeah. And Jesus is like, man, you're going to deny me in a couple of days. You won't even live for me, much less die for me. Yes. And do you, and, do you love me? Yeah. Well, and, and that's what he does later after he, yeah. he's raised. Three times. Many yeah. times he was denied, right? Exactly. Peter was grieved because he realized he was not living for Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, man, in order to live for Christ, we have to die to other things. Yeah. We totally do. And we're actually going to talk about this more here in a couple of weeks because yeah. I'm going to be preaching on exactly what we're talking about now. Nice. Um, the, the denial of Peter and then yeah. Jesus asking him if he loves him. So, um, but no, we, we totally have to show Christ. We have to not, not just show Christ, but we have to show the world that, Hey, I am, I am living for Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah. Um, 
before we can stand up and say, I'm going to die for him. I I use this example a lot, um, talking in this active Christian class, which I feel like I've mentioned a little bit here on the podcast. Um, but it's basically a class talking about, uh, how do you, uh, put your faith to work? You know, we, we look at James chapter one and, and, uh, slash chapter two. And, and James is like, how can you say you have faith, but don't show your faith? Even the demons believe and they shudder. Um, you know, you say you, you have faith. I'll show you my faith by my works. I'll show you that I have faith by what I do. And so that's what we're talking about in this class. And and I think it's kind of the same thing. People will say that they will die for Christ, but yeah. they won't show that they are currently living for Christ. I mean, just that even the demons believe and shudder. The demons are so well aware of mm-hmm. who God is and who Christ is yeah. that they shudder. They're yeah. terrified. And we don't even bat an eyelid. Yeah. I... So I think there's a whole lot that needs to be said and done in our own lives. Mm. And I'm not just, I'm not preaching to anybody. This is, I mean, this is for me more than anybody else, right? But just that. I think that there's anybody that says like, I'm living faithfully already. I don't need to listen to the, Like, stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. No, that doesn't help anybody. No. It, if anything, you're being more of a discouragement. Yeah. And so. I, I agree. This is just as much for us as it is for anybody that we're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why when Paul is writing in Colossians chapter three, you know, bear each other's burdens. That's part of living faithfully. Yeah. Is, is I mean, bearing six. Um, well, when I was reading through Colossians ah, three, the, yeah, yeah. the instructions for living faithfully, bearing yes. one another's burdens was, was part of it. But yeah, it's Galatians six as well. He writes it to the church yeah. in Galatia also. Um, and so, I do want to give that word of encouragement. If there's anybody that is thinking like, I've got it down, like that can be a discouragement sometimes if it's approached in the wrong way. Does that make sense? It does. Well, I I think if you, if anybody thinks that they've got it down, if they think they have arrived at the goal, then two things. One, they're saying that they are better than Paul and saying that they are actually like Christ because the only person that's ever lived faithfully enough to arrive at the goal of being perfect is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Paul himself said, not that I have already obtained this, mm-hmm. but I press on to make it my own, right? Yeah. For the upward call of the prize in Christ yeah. Jesus. And I think there needs to be a an inward looking as to whether or not do I actually am I actually doing everything that yeah. I need to do? Am I? We, we should have had this conversation at the beginning of the podcast yeah. before anybody turned it off for saying, ah, "I know how to live faithfully." <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But, <laughs> but you know, for those for those that are interested, they're already they're still listening. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and I think that's that's exciting because we really are trying to encourage ourselves. This this podcast really started as a as an encouragement to us, yeah. as a benefit to us, and I I hope that it has benefited all of those who are listening. Um, and so as as we kind of close out here, uh, I think we're ready for that. Mm-hmm. Just want to let you know if you're if you're still listening to us, one thank you. Uh, we we are doing everything that we can, everything in our power to live faithfully, to do what we can to, to serve God, and uh, we we're praying that you are too. Uh, what we would ask for you, what I what I would ask for you uh, personally is, please send us uh, an email or a Facebook message or something, and let us know how your life is going with regards to your faith walk, how you are doing on your walk with Christ, and uh, let us encourage you, let us uh, be encouraged by you, and um, let us share with you. Yeah, and if it's easier, you can even send us a text. Yeah. 
So I don't have the number memorized, but it's about to play here in a few seconds. Yes, it is. <laughs> so if you could, please just uh, just take a couple more seconds, and you can see how you can help us. We love you all very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to encourage you to check out our proud partners, Ministry League. They have a website as well as an app that you can download from your smartphone. Yeah, not only that, but also be sure to send us an email. You can reach us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you what your thoughts and comments are on today's episode. And if you have any questions or any comments, anything that you would like to let us know, please send us a text at the following number, 972-905-0856. Yeah, and that way we'll be able to uh, get that comment and and get back with y'all as well. And please leave reviews and comments. I know there's a lot of places that you listen to this podcast that you can leave comments and reviews. I know Apple Podcasts, I'm pretty sure iHeartRadio and others, you can Mm -hmm. uh, leave reviews and comments as well. And last, but most certainly not least, we ask that you share this with your friends. Uh, We do our best to provide... Uh, biblical and and, and strong uh, discussion and we hope that you can feel free to share that with everybody that you love and come in contact with thank you all so much for all of your support we love you